0: All right, so what, the way that today is going to work, when we come together for these, these one-service Sundays, uh, part of what we do is it's really cool where we have four languages represented today with Mandarin, with Spanish, English, and American Sign Language today. That's so great, and all of these different All of us within our different styles and cultures and ethnicities gathered together here as one. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Also, something that we do in these moments is that we have uh, a time to celebrate both in communion through the Lord's Supper as well as to celebrate baptisms. And so what we thought would be good was to have some time of teaching today on what is the deal with baptism, and what's the deal with communion? In that, okay, that to answer those Seinfeldian questions, and uh, for us to to dig into that and to have a sense of what are we doing when we do these things, to really know what it is we're doing, and I'm so excited because. Uh, We have the privilege to hear about baptism and his story from Pastor Armando Reyes, the pastor of our Hispanic ministry. He is incredible. And he is going to be preaching today, which I think is kind of for the first time. I know the first time on this stage, but preaching today in English. And so I want us just to be excited and pumped up for him. He's an amazing, passionate preacher. Let's welcome up Pastor Armando Reyes. (laughs) No way, brother.
1: (laughs) Good morning, Calvary family. It is a great privilege for me to to share with you this morning about the importance of baptism and at the same time tell you part of my story. One of the most important symbols of baptism is our identification with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. I would like to read for you Romans 6, 4-5. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism to death, in order that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him, In a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. After I read that passage, I can say that Armando Reyes died in 1989. That he was born again on February 5th, 1919, with the same name, but a new heart. This is my story I grew up in the city of Monterrey, Mexico. I am the second of seven brothers of a family, Catholic family by tradition. We were very poor and my family was very, very dysfunctional family. My father drank a lot and uh, he led a very disordered life that affected us all. Some of my brothers started drinking and, and another one uh, used drugs. I, I never wanted to follow the steps of my father. I was in the choir of the Catholic Church, uh, children's choir for seven years. But when I was a teenager, uh, I asked God for my father to stop drinking. But at 18 years old, I saw that things got worse. And the last place I wanted to be was my home, especially on on, weekends. In 1989, I was 22 years old. And that's when I decided to end my life. Looking back on the last four years that were the most empty and lifted that I had lived. I almost succeeded ending my life. But now I know that God didn't let me die because he had a different plan for me. And I know that the Lord has a different plan for you too. After this, my mother asked me to to go to therapy, and I did. And I I remember asking my therapist in my first session if he could change my life and help me to become a different person. But he told me that that was my job. (laughs) It wasn't possible for me. (laughs) I went back to my work, hiding the scars of my hands, with long slips. I had decided to no longer drug myself with the tenure. With the help of one of my co-workers was easy, but one day he didn't come to work and he left me alone. The solvent that was using for drug was in front of me, calling me, and I resisted but the desire became stronger and stronger and my struggle grew. I asked God to help me because I didn't want to go back. However, by 1 p.m. I could not resist anymore. And I cut a piece of cloth and wet it with a thinner. I sat down and I realized that all the attempts I had been I had made to change my life while falling apart. I heard that voice again in my mind that told me, you will never be able to do it. You are good for nothing. You are worth nothing. And next time, just get a gun and put it on your head. I brought the cloth to my nose and inhaled once. I felt the urge to get out of there. So I tried to stand up. And I couldn't. I tried to raise my hand to my mouth to to inhale again, and I couldn't. My body was paralyzed, and I felt fear. I had never experienced anything like that. My brain gave orders to my body but did not obey. Suddenly, I realized that there was a total silence. And it was almost 2 p.m. I felt something strange in that room. And what I saw right away made my eyes open completely. It was a bright spot in front of me, about three three feet away. It began to glow and then grow and grow. It was a shining bright white light. It was not what I saw that affected, that, that affected me most, but actually what I felt inside of me at that moment. It was as if all my chains began to break one by one until I felt liberated. I felt loved. And I experienced a peace that I cannot describe in human terms. Because it's what not of this world. I started crying like a child who was lost and was found by his mother. I felt love. And I I didn't want it to end. My experience lasted about a minute. But it was enough to change my whole life. So I want to tell you this morning that... One minute in the presence of God can change your life. Glory to God. What followed? What followed after this was a quest to know why this happened to me. I started buying books until I have never read an entire book before, until like I came to the Bible. Then a coworker believed my story of what had happened, and invite me to a home Bible study. After listening to the message of the last sheep, I understood that I was that sheep, and that the good shepherd had brought me to his fold. On February 5th, 1990, I publicly profess Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. So I was born again. I was born again in I understand 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Six, month, six months later, I was baptized in a river with my mom and my youngest brother. They were the first ones who I invited to church. And they opened their hearts for Jesus Christ. Why baptism is important? First, Jesus commanded that those who believe in him should be baptized. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus ordered it, and He Himself gave an example when He asked John to baptize Him in the Jordan River, only to fulfill all justice. Why baptism is important? Because it is important. Baptism is important because it symbolizes our union with Christ. In Galatians 3, 27, Apostle Paul said, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God. Through faith, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism does not save us or regenerate us. But we testify about our union with Christ, and we identify with Him. Amen. So, what did you need to be baptized? I listen these questions many times. Two things: repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. What about repentance? Repentance in Acts two thirty eight. The Bible says, and Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This means you decided to turn from your sins and ask God for forgiveness. And you need faith in Jesus Christ. In Acts 8, 12 said, But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. This means you believe the gospel and put your faith in Christ alone for salvation. In Christ alone. in conclusion, in conclusion, If you repent with all your heart, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you will be saved, and that is enough for you to be baptized in obedience to his word. In addition, public baptism gives you the opportunity to be a witness of your commitment to Christ. And give glory to God for the changes He has made in your life. If you have not done it, I want to encourage you to take that state of faith and obedience. And now, let's hear from other people who are being baptized today. God bless you.
2: Good morning, everyone. I thought you were beautiful from up there, but from out here, you're even more gorgeous. So, we have five people this morning from Hispanic Ministry from Calvary Church who are going to share their brief testimony um, for the purposes that Pastor Armando just shared. Uh, After they speak, uh, I will give a very brief Review or, or a brief uh, summary of what they had shared.
3: Adelante, dinos cómo te llamas. Mi nombre es Edgar Maciel. Y ahora cuénteme su historia. Crecí en un lugar en el cual escuchaba de la palabra de Dios, pero nunca le puse atención realmente. Era una persona a la cual le gustaba salir mucho y la mayor parte de las, del tiempo me la pasaba consumiendo alcohol y drogas porque me sentía vacío y me creí la mentira de, que eso me haría sentir mejor. Pero al final del día, me seguía sintiendo solo. Hasta que un día, mi novia le pedí que saliéramos y me dijo que no podría, porque iría al servicio. Entonces, yo sin saber de qué se trataba, le pedí que me llevara y así poderla ver. Y desde ese día que acudí a Calvary, mi vida empezó a ser diferente. Siguiendo los viernes y domingos, recuerdo que un domingo levanté mi mano en el servicio y una hermana se acercó y me ayudó a entender lo que es recibir a Cristo. Entendi lo mucho que mis pecados me alejaban de tener una relación con Dios. Le pedí perdón y ahora tengo esas ganas de aprender de él y caminar de su mano. Estoy feliz de hoy poder ser bautizado y ser testimonio de su obra en mi vida. So Edgar grew up,
2: <clears throat> Edgar grew up in a Christian home, but unfortunately through different circumstances, he ended up just rebelling. Um with drugs and alcohol and just everything apart from God. Ultimately, in a relationship of a young lady that he he met, uh, he wanted to hang out with her. She says, no, because I'm going to church. And he says, well, whatever I've got to (laughs) do. So he went with her to church and came here to Calvary. Started attending on Fridays our men's study and Sunday mornings. And on Sunday mornings, the word reminded him, as the word was being preached, he was reminded of how much God loves him. And as a prodigal, he repented of his sins and came back to Jesus Christ. He raised his hand to pray. Someone approached him, and they helped him, and they they explained to him the decision that he had made um, uh, for Christ and now is fervently walking with him. And today, um, his baptism is just for that, as a testimony of what God has done taking over his life. Entonces, ¿crees que Jesucristo es el Hijo de Dios y que Él es el único que puede salvarte? Sí. Y prometes entonces seguir una vida dedicada a Él, creciendo, caminando con Él por el resto de tu vida? Y con eso te bautizo, puedes te a la si gustas, te bautizo en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Sí. Felicidades. ¿Quién eres y contar ah, tu testimonio?
4: Mi nombre es Paulina. Antes era una persona que le gustaba salir bastante a fiestas, como apenas estaba llegando la edad en la que podía salir, por lo tanto mi meta era estar cada fin de semana en la calle, como si ese fuera mi derecho por ser joven y así también ser una chica normal. Durante ese tiempo fui a Harvard y cuando hicieron el llamado levanté mi mano, pero al tiempo volvió a lo mismo. Después mi hermana y cuñado me invitaron a esta iglesia. Al inicio venía más que nada por obligación, para así tener permiso para salir a divertirme. Recuerdo levantar mis manos en el servicio dos veces, pero continúo igual. Me sentí hipócrita al estar asistiendo a la iglesia y seguir con mi vida, que al final del día me sentía sola y vacía. Fue hasta que una hermana me empezó a discipular. Ahí entendí lo que es recibir a Cristo como tu Señor, Salvador y dueño de mi vida. Le pedí perdón a Dios y ahora siento esa hambre y convicción por su palabra. Por eso, ante todos ustedes, decidí dar este paso de fe y obediencia, testificando que Cristo vive en mí y ahora mi vida le pertenece. Por eso decidí bautizarme, porque quiero caminar con Cristo, amarle y obedecerle por siempre.
2: So as a young girl, as she approached her teens, she felt it was her absolute right to go and explore and have fun in the world. And she loved to go to big activities and concerts and stuff. Well, somebody invited her to a big activity concert called Harvest Crusade. There at the Harvest Crusade, she raised her hand, uh, making a proclamation of faith. But she realized that really nothing had changed in her life. Uh, Her her sister and brother-in-law, whom she she lived with, um, then said, you need to come to church with us. Uh, But she says, I came only out of obligation because they really wouldn't leave me alone. And maybe that would give me a little permission to go out on weekends. She came here again hearing the word. She raised her hand two more times and still it didn't stick. She continued then a process of discipleship, personal discipleship with someone, where she could slow down and meditate on what she was hearing and learning. At that point, she felt immense um, conviction in which she asked God for forgiveness and she asked God to transform her life. She, she shares that since then, now she has this insatiable hunger to want to walk with Christ and learn more and be with the body of Christ. And so today, she's standing here as a testimony of a changed life transformed by the word of God in Jesus Christ. pregunta. ¿Reconoces a Jesucristo como el Hijo de Dios que murió en la cruz por tus pecados y prometes seguirlo por el resto de tu vida? Bueno, entonces te bautizo, si gusta aparte la nariz, en nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo.
4: Pero realmente no conocía bien quién en realidad era. Cuando tenía 21 años me invitaron a la iglesia y empecé a venir. Cuando escuchaba las predicaciones de los pastores me di cuenta que era una pecadora y necesitaba de Cristo. Recuerdo un 7 de diciembre de 2016 fue cuando yo recibí al Señor como mi salvador y puse mi confianza en él y me perdonó mis pecados. Y desde ahí
2: so Brenda grew up in some traditional faith, attending mass kind of regularly and ultimately just kind of going through the motions. Um, ultimately, uh, when she turned 21, uh, she then um, uh, heard the gospel for the first time and she understood it uh, clearly and then uh, gave her life to the Lord, repented of her sins, and has since then walked and learned to walk with God through discipleship and through the church family. So um, today she is here again as a testimony of what the Lord has done in her life y prometes seguirlo por el resto de tu vida? Bueno, entonces te bautizo en nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Hijo. <risa> <risa>
5: okay.
2: uh, por favor decirnos tu nombre y compartir tu historia.
6: Buenos días, mi nombre es Anel Villanueva. Desde muy pequeña se me inculcó que existía un Dios y que era bueno. No lo comprendí por mucho tiempo. En el año 2004, después de la muerte de mi madre, me di cuenta que Dios estaba ahí para darme la ayuda y la fortaleza que necesitaba. A partir de ahí empecé a dedicarle mi vida a Dios. En el año 2015, a través del programa Purvest America, de Great Glory. Acepté a Cristo como mi salvador, pidiendo perdón por mis pecados. Desde entonces, el Señor vive en mí y no me ha fallado. Continué aquí en Calvary Church, asistiendo los domingos, algunas veces los viernes. Y hoy doy gracias a Dios de poder hacer público mi testimonio para honra y gloria de mi Padre Celestial. Y con
2: Amen. From a very young age, Anel was taught that there was a God, that God existed and had somewhat of faith. Through years passing, her father passed away and she experienced God in a new way. She really felt that God was there Uh, supporting her and, and, and sustaining her through that time. Eventually through Harvest America with Greg Laurie, she heard the gospel clearer than ever, and she committed her life to Christ. As she asked for forgiveness, she asked for a transformed life. And she's been attending Calvary on Sundays and occasionally on Fridays with the women's study. And she just wants to continue committing, and today... Uh, is, is part of that evidence of our continual commitment and obedience to Christ as her Lord and Savior. Savior sí. sí. Dinos tu nombre y compartir historia.
7: Okay. Uh, mi nombre es María Teresa. Van a ser dos años que estoy caminando en la vida del Señor, pero. Pero, pero hace un año eh, que estoy sintiendo este llamado para ser bautizado por mi salvación. Uh, me siento feliz de poder decir que de aquí en adelante seré un verdadero cristiano. Espero nunca quitar mi mirada ni mi vida es de ser tan maravilloso y grande que es Dios uh, hoy no seré hoy no es hoy hoy no seré nas, no no, no. Ah, de no, no nuevo testimonio. ajá perdonados.
2: So as you can tell, she's a bit overwhelmed, but in summary, she gave her life to the Lord two years ago. And for a year now she's been feeling this sense, this urge to continue in obedience. With baptism. She's overwhelmed by God, but she has loving people around her who are helping her grow, who are teaching her. And so today she stands here as a testimony of what God has done and she knows will continue to do because her desire is to walk firmly, not taking her eyes away from Christ. So she will baptize herself, uh, she will be baptized this morning in testimony of that.
7: Te bautiza el nombre del Padre, el Hijo y
8: el Espíritu Santo.
9: Good morning, as well, Calvary Church. I have my friend, Roger Bell, who's been attending Calvary for about three years now, lives in Orange. Roger, what a privilege to get to be part of this moment with you. It
5: sure is.
9: So tell us why you're here to be baptized today.
5: Well, I, uh, I'm a former musician, and uh, I was involved in uh, playing out, nightlife, all the craziness that comes with that. And... Uh, At the end of the day, after all the noise was over and all the hoopla was done, I really felt I had nothing inside. I felt empty. And the Lord put the lady that's today my wife in my path. She brought me to Calvary Church and uh, I started to see a different way, a different life. And I started to feel that that emptiness was slowly going away. And uh, we come to, to uh, prayer meetings on, on uh, Bible studies on, on, on Wednesdays. I even joined the choir, the Calvary Choir, and uh, which she's also a member of. And uh, the reception that I got when I first came here, it's second to none. And uh, I just... Just feel. This is the happiest I've ever felt mm-hmm. in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I accepted Christ as my Savior, and it feels so good. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just want to read a little uh, passage from Zephaniah 317. That's uh, our choir's uh, theme for this year, and it goes like this. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. It's beautiful. It's from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse
9: 17. And let me just ask you a couple questions. I love just proclaiming the gospel in our baptisms. But do you believe... That Jesus Christ came into this world, lived the perfect life without sin, went to the cross, not for his sin, but for your sin, died on that cross, shed his blood, and then was buried, but as the scriptures say, rose again on the third day. Do you believe that?
5: I absolutely believe that. That's the main reason I'm here. Amen.
9: Amen. Well, based on your confession of faith, Roger, it's now my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is my friend Sherry McCoy. Sherry and I have raised our daughters together. They're both now 7th graders. Can you believe that? It's crazy. Uh, Sherry has been involved with our American Heritage Girls, one of the ministries here at Calvary Church. She's, uh, yes, she's just a joyful, vibrant person that I've always just loved having parking lot conversations with as we waited for our kids. About a year ago uh, this month, though, her life was turned upside down. It's one of the reasons she's here right now. I want you to hear her story, so look at the screens and just get a little snapshot of what she's been through over the last year. Sherry, your voice isn't what it used to be right now, but you're speaking very loudly to all of us through this testimony. Let me ask you the same question Do you believe that Jesus Christ came into this world, lived the life that you couldn't live, a sinless life, went to the cross, died on the cross for your sins, was buried, but then rose again the third day? Do you personally believe this? Amen. We're going to do something a little unique. Sherry has a trach in her throat, and so she can't get that wet. What we're going to do is we're going to put a little water in this bowl and then pour it over her head. And so we believe God honors the heart in this personal and public testimony here today. And so Sherry, based on your confession of faith, it is now my privilege and honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: That was incredible. that was absolutely incredible. it's a tough act to follow. Um, so, in the same way that you heard from Armando about baptism, I want to speak to us about communion, the lord's Supper. If you haven't seen it already, you should have in your in your bulletins that you received a outline and just I want to point it out just so that obviously in these short segments we're not teaching everything about uh, baptism or communion, but that's a resource there, and this <laughs> this is this is not exhaustive either, but um, there's just a little bit more information there for you if you'd want to be able to see that. So I want us to, to think about what is communion? What is this thing that we do when we eat the bread and drink from the cup, the Lord's Supper? Well, the thing that we need to understand is it started it's, as a Jewish thing. It's a Jewish celebration of celebrating the Passover. And what we have is where Jesus comes and says that not only should we celebrate the Passover, but he says, I am the Passover. And so I want to show you a couple ways of understanding of where that comes from and what's going on in that Passover Seder that we call the Last Supper. But uh, first, I want to read to you Matthew 26, uh, 26 to 29. And it says simply this. While they were eating that Passover meal, Jesus took some bread And after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." So that's one of the accounts, and you can see in those notes that there's, there's all uh, different Gospels have different accounts of this Last Supper taking place, and then also have 1 Corinthians 11, which speaks of it as well. But first of all, let's think about the bread. So the bread, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24, says, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, when we go back to that Passover meal, at that Passover Seder, there's a portion at the beginning or near the beginning of the meal where there is this pouch. Okay? It's a pouch that has three compartments in it. And each of those compartments has a piece of bread, has a piece of, a piece of matzah bread. All right, Now, here's the piece of matzah bread that's in the middle compartment. Now, they would take that piece. There's a portion of this ceremony where there's these three pieces, though, in each of those compartments. For some reason, they take the middle compartments piece and they take that piece out and then they break it. And then they take the larger of the two portions, they put the, the smaller back in, and they take the larger of the two portions and they wrap it in a white linen cloth. And as it's wrapped then in that white linen cloth, that piece of matzah bread that has been broken from the middle compartment, it's then put away. It's hidden. We would maybe even say buried. And so it's hidden away, and then it doesn't come out again in the meal until the third cup. There's four cups that are uh, consumed, that are talked about during the course of this Seder. And on the third cup, this comes This they call the afikomen. So this bread comes out again, and it's at that point where that bread is taken out, it's unwrapped, and then it is broken into many pieces, and then distributed, and then people would eat it as a form of dessert, which I've always thought is a little strange, but that's okay. Uh, And so that little, that part helps me understand, oh, okay, well, This this question they would have of why the three compartments, what do they represent? Do they represent uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Do they represent the Torah, the writings, the prophets? What, What could they represent? Well, those things don't make sense when you take out the middle one and then break it, and then put it in a white linen cloth and put it away and bring it back out in the third cup. What we believe makes sense is that those three compartments represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that middle compartment is... Jesus, Jesus, as that bread that is taken out and then put away and then on the third uh, cup comes back out again. And so this bread represents Jesus's body, right? And the, the bread itself, we know a few things about it. The matzah, it's unleavened, it's striped, and it's pierced. Okay, this matzah bread that represents Jesus' body. This is actually what is in our communion. You might have thought we just give you crackers. But no, this is matzah bread. Okay, this is the whole thing. It's the real deal. And um, so this bread, you can see, is unleavened bread. Now, leaven was a symbol of sin. And so, like, the fact that this bread is unleavened means it has no sin. Just as Jesus had no sin. This bread, as you can see, it's also pierced. This bread is also striped. And we know from Isaiah 53, 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. As those nails pierced him when he was crucified. As the spear pierced him that was thrust into his side when he died. And by his stripes we were healed. And his scourging when he was whipped by the Roman soldiers. That those stripes that he has. And so this... Right here has so much deep meaning and symbolism of who Jesus is and what is his body that was given for us. So the bread, that's where that comes from. Then we also have the cup. And 1 Corinthians 11.25 says, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, I have a couple cups up here, both of which I bought in Israel. One is more of a traditional Kiddush cup, which would be used in uh, Sabbath meals or Passover Seder. Uh, But I kind of tend to go with, uh, if you've seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, this is more of the you've chosen wisely cup made out of olive wood. And uh, it's it's, uh, simply, as they say in that movie, more of the cup of a carpenter, in my opinion. Uh, And so, anyway, this, this is the cup. And when we think of the cup, we think of this moment in that Passover meal where it was after supper, after the main dinner, is the third cup, where then this whole thing with the afikomen, the bread coming back out, takes place. And that whole time in the Seder is the third cup, which is actually called the cup of redemption, the cup of Of redemption, because that cup in Judaism symbolizes the blood of the Lamb, that Passover lamb that saved the Jewish firstborns in that story of the Exodus, that saved them from that last plague in Egypt. But Jesus then says that he identifies his blood with this cup. That this cup now becomes the symbol of the blood of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Not just delivering the people from their bondage, but delivering all of us from the bondage of our sin. And then he even says, I won't drink from this cup again until we are in my Father's kingdom. And even says, this is the way that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes is through this communion ceremony, which is basically a highly abridged Passover Seder. Okay, so that's what we're doing as we do this. Now, what is, the, like, what is the core point? What is the thing that we should be trying to do in this moment? Well, I think it's two things that are in the text itself. It's remembrance and it's gratitude. Okay, it says that he gave thanks, and then he says, do this in remembrance of me, Okay, so we give thanks, and we do this with remembering what Jesus has done. So we want to remember, we remember that our salvation, our forgiveness, our freedom came with a great cost. It came with suffering and death of Jesus Christ upon that cross. And so we remember that, and we don't want to take that lightly. We want to have regular moments where we pause, and we stop, and we remember, and we think about, wow, that was a great cost i don't want to take that for granted i don't want to take that lightly and so we remember what jesus has done for us but as it says jesus gave thanks and then he passed out the elements and that's why even this moment in many maybe probably most traditions is we would call it the eucharist because the eucharist in greek simply means thanks Thanks. That's what it means. Even in modern Greek, people say "efaristo," They say thanks. And that's just how we would say to God, I have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving for what you have done. So I remember it, and I'm grateful for it. And we do it when we gather together as a body of believers, communing with God and communing with one another. And so that's kind of the point. That's what matters. What doesn't matter as much is if it's past if it's at tables, if it's served by elders, if it's real wine or Welch's, if it's matzo bread or crackers or a loaf of bread, that's not the stuff that matters. What matters is the remembrance of what Jesus has done and gratitude in our hearts and communing with God together in that. Now, there are some guidelines. There are some guidelines in the scriptures. And uh, I'd encourage you even to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11, um, verse 17. i want to read a few of these verses for us to help us get a sense of this. By the way, I encourage you to get a much fuller description of what I described about the Passover Seder. I encourage you to come to our Passover Seder, but not for a little while. Next April. So you should come to it. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 11, 17. Let me start there. It says, But in giving this instruction... I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper... For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this, I will not praise you. And then he goes on into the verses that we might be more familiar with and we'll read in a moment. But we think of these guidelines. Okay, what what sort of guidelines do we find in here? Well, some of the thing is that the early church, they began to have these things that uh, as they went from this annual Passover Seder, they went to a more regular, and even a weekly love feast, where they'd have these, these feasts together, where they're gathered and having this meal together, and then go into then celebrating the Lord's Supper. And what was happening, though, is that you've got people showing up drunk, you've got people eating all the food for themselves, you've got But more importantly, you have these class distinctions happening. In Roman culture and in the society, there was massive uh, stratification, like massive separation of these classes of society. And so what happens is, is that these people, instead of coming in, they should have been coming in like a potluck, where you bring whatever you can and eat whatever you want. People are coming in and bringing what they wanted and eating that for themselves, essentially. Right, That the rich would come and eat the rich people food, the poor would be left to eat the poor people food. And they weren't treating each other well. And that was coming in in, in their unworthy manner, as they were focused on self, as these divisions existed among them. And there's a whole lot even more going on with that. But they weren't approaching the Lord's Supper in the right manner. And then another thing for us to understand about this is that when he says this cup, or when he says this is my body, this bread, he's referring to the bread and he's referring to the wine in the cup, he's not saying this is actually my body. He's saying this, is, uh, this symbolizes his body and his blood. And that is not what we maybe heard of a transubstantiation. It's a big fancy word where some people believe that this actually becomes his body as you take it and it actually becomes his blood as you drink it. We believe that it's symbolic. That this is a symbolism of those things. But it is not to be taken lightly. It doesn't mean just because it's symbolism doesn't mean it's, it's not significant. It's very significant. And so should be approached in a weighty manner. And also it should be approached by examining oneself as it says in 1st Corinthians 11:28 a man must examine himself and in so doing he's to eat of the bread and drink of the cup so Paul is encouraging them, hey, you've got these divisions, you've got these problems, you've got this self-centeredness, you've got people coming in and with divisions in the church and all of this. He says, you need to examine yourself, what's going on in your own heart before you approach the table and before you eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Because if we come in an unworthy manner, we're sinning against the body and blood of Jesus. And that this is something, when we do this, this is something for people who are followers of Jesus. It sort of doesn't make sense for people who aren't followers of Jesus to want to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for them to forgive them of their sins because they don't have that relationship with God. They've not received that gift of salvation yet. And so that's why we believe this is practices for believers. However, I tend to believe also, though, that that non-believers can't really bring any greater judgment upon themselves. And so that's why the warnings in this passage, I think, are actually for people who are believers. They're for people who are followers of Jesus to examine yourself and to check yourself before you approach the table. But I want all of us to understand and for all of us to remember this is about remembrance and gratitude. And so if you aren't a follower of Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if you've not received the free gift of salvation that he offers to you, I want you to see that it is through this that we see how that came about. Through his death on the cross, through him giving his body for us, through him shedding his blood for us, is why and how we are able to be forgiven. And so that's what we're remembering. And so I encourage you today, if you have not had a chance to surrender your life to Jesus, to acknowledge that Jesus is God... That he has died on the cross and that he's come back to life again. That you have a chance to just pray that in your heart today and to confess that to the Lord. And then as the communion elements are passed, feel free. Because now you're part of the family. You're part of being a follower of Jesus. So this is not for satisfying hunger. This is for remembering. This is for gratitude. And so just in a moment here, I'm going to pray and the elements are going to be passed. And we're going to sing a song. But as those elements are passed, I want you to take this time during this song to remember and to be thankful. But to examine yourself. To consider if there's divisions among you that need to be confessed. And to confess those. And to confess any sin that you would have before God. And then we come and we partake in communion in that moment. So as the elements are passed, both the bread and the cup will be on that same tray. You can take the bread first and then the cup, makes it a little easier. Or you can hold the tray for the person next to you as they grab the elements and then pass it to the next person. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for living the perfect life. For dying on that cross. For coming back to life again. We are eternally grateful. And we will never forget. In Jesus' name, amen.
9: you receive the elements, Uh, I encourage you to hold on to them and take this time to reflect. And then after we use this time of reflection, uh, Pastor Eric will come back up and we will partake of the elements together.
0: So now, as we will take the elements in a moment here, what we thought could be wonderful today is if we read the passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians, first for the bread, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three 23 to 24. We have Pastor Andy Chow from Logos Church, our Mandarin Chinese church that meets here at Calvary, uh, here with us to read in Mandarin, and then Armando Reyes in Spanish, and then our American Sign Language as well, and then me in English. And so when, after you hear me read, that will be our time to
10: take together. Andy. 格林多前书第十一章第二三二十四节就是主耶稣被卖的那一页拿起饼来注谢了就剥开说这是我的身体
1: porque yo recibí del Señor lo que también les he enseñado que el Señor Jesús la noche que fue entregado tomó pan y habiendo dado gracias lo partió y dijo tomad, comed este es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido haced esto
0: en memoria de mí
10: 《雷多前书》十一章第二十五节，饭后也照样拿起饼来说：“这饼是用我的血所立的新约。你们每逢喝的时候，要如此行，为的是纪念我。” Asimismo
1: tomó también la copa después de haber cenado, diciendo: “Esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Haced esto todas las veces que
0: la bebieres, en memoria de mí.” In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I've asked Pastor Andy Chow to just share a prayer of Thanksgiving.
10: Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is a joy... For us together with your people like this, we delight to hear your word preached, to share the great testimony this morning, to sing your praise and to remember Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross that united us as one. And while this gathering is good, we know that it is only a small picture of the gathering that is coming soon. Our weekly reunion are only a dress-ahead rehearsal for the grand family reunion that will be happening around Jesus' throne. Father, we long for the day when we will see Jesus face to face, but until that day, united us, protect us, and use us to spread your kingdom and bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Andy and Armando.
0: I got a couple words. A couple words. So. <clears throat> Two men I deeply respect, so it's just wonderful to share the stage with them. Uh, we are going to now move into a time of worship through giving where we have a chance to worship God as we give to Him. and We acknowledge that He is the one that holds all things, that owns all things. He's made us a steward, and we simply respond in worship through giving back to Him what's already His. As we give, we do give towards general fund and missions, and we remember uh, our missionaries in this moment as well. We also want to take a moment to let you know that one of our Calvary missionaries, after a long battle with cancer, Mark Kuo, has passed away this week. And so we think of Marika as his wife and their ministry, and we want to be prayerful for them. And so let's uh, just uh, remember them in our prayers, remember Marika especially, and uh, pray for God to hold them up in in this moment. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for... uh, the way that you care for us, that you provide for us. We pray, Lord, uh, prayers of thankfulness for Mark, um, his ministry, and just who he is, Lord. And I pray for his wife, God, that you would give her, Lord, just all that she needs in this moment. Your hand upon her, your touch of comfort. Lord, thank you for these funds that go towards supporting her and our other missionaries around the world, as well as our church ministries here, God. But I pray mostly that it wouldn't be about funding things as we give, it would be about worshiping you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
9: time gathered together today. It's in the same way as we take communion and remembrance of him, let us sing in remembrance of him and remember what he did for us on Calvary that day.
8: Sing, I cast my mind. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus blessed. I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, My Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound, His body bound, and drenched in
11: tears,
8: they laid Him down. Still, by heavy storm Messiah is still And all alone Church with one voice, let's sing Oh, raise the
0: together. This is what it looks like. And I just uh, I love it. I love it so much. It's such a great opportunity that we have to all come together to worship our God who is worthy of this praise. Worthy of this worship. So you've seen transformed lives. You've remembered and given thanks to Jesus for what he's done. You've given. You've worshipped. You've learned. You've been together. You are the church. This is part of church and then now we go out and we live this life for him and we show the light that was shining today, we shine that light out into the places that we live, work and play we go all over our communities, our neighborhoods and we show them this Jesus who is the one that has rescued us and can rescue them as well Exciting stuff. So I hope you're with me in that, each of us reaching out to one another. We encourage you to continue to gather together again this week. We've got this amazing Wednesday night uh, dinner, this monthly dinner at 6 o'clock. So I'll come join on the field and just have an amazing meal together. Then come to the Wednesday night activities. And then we can enjoy another meal together of the church picnic in two weeks which is also the same day that all the kids move up a grade, so it's a big, fun day here at church. And you can pick up the quarterly, the summer quarterly, as you leave today if you want to find out just more ways to get plugged in, connected here at Calvary. If you're a guest or visitor, we'd love for you to fill out the card and bring it to the table, uh, that, the, the counter out there in the lobby. But just we'd love, we push that because we'd love for you just to take steps to become more and more part of this family. This is not a service to attend and watch. This is a family to be part of and to be on mission with. That's who we are as Calvary Church. So let's pray together and thank God one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this um, this beautiful picture today, this picture of heaven, a picture of the kingdom, a picture of the church, God. And even this is just a small glimpse, Lord so we long for more we long to be with you and to see you fully and to be with everyone united together one day God I pray that you would inspire us then take that inspiration and help us then take that out and turn it into action Lord and Lord we know that we are empowered by you God so I pray that we would feel that sense of your Holy Spirit giving us all that we need for any of these challenges presented to us I pray this blessing upon you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance to you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Dios le bendiga. God bless you as you go. (laughs)